Welcome to Challenges 2014. In this podcast, communications assistant Reese Williams interviews policy officer Damien Helly about his new blog on how institutional changes in the European Union could affect EU external action over the next decade. So in your blog, Damien, you say that one of the main challenges for European international policies will be the elections in the European Parliament. Why do you say historically that the Parliament has had little say in foreign affairs? In, in the last decade, the Parliament's power have increased. Uh, with the last treaties, the Parliament has become a more influential institution. It has uh, co-decision powers on a very important number of policies, such as energy, transportation, economic governance. And in foreign affairs, the powers of the parliament have often mattered on development issues, and strong figures have managed to keep development issues high on the agenda. This is the case, for instance, of the European Consensus on Development of 2005. What is new is the growing role of the European Parliament on foreign affairs more generally, on political dialogue, on elections observation, on the role of EU special representatives, on what the EAS does, the Parliament's participation to the Gimnik meeting, the informal meeting of member states' uh, ministers of foreign affairs, but also on the oversight of security and defence missions. So it's really going beyond development policies now. And the Parliament has gathered knowledge and expertise on foreign affairs that can then use in negotiations over the budget and even on programming in its discussions with the Council and the Commission. This time round, in 2014, it will be the first opportunity for the European Parliament to try to influence directly the choice of the President of the Commission by the Member States. And this is a big change. So having some impact on the appointment of the President of the Commission is also having some impact on the choice of the Commissioners, the others, other members of the Commission before they are appointed, including the next High Representative for Foreign and Security Policy, the Vice President of the Commission. Um, now, in your blog, Damien, you say that in 2014, the EU will be at a crossroads. Why do you say that? I'm saying that because... Uh, I'm saying that for the, the foreign affairs as much as the internal uh, policies of the EU. The establishment of the European External Action Service after the adoption of the Lisbon Treaty took two years. Mrs. Ashton, the High Representative and Vice President, came in to launch the process and to build things from scratch. A review of the EAS was published this year to identify future challenges and opportunities for the service. Mrs. Ashton has stated that she would not like to continue the job and she will not stay at this position. So unless she changes her mind or is requested to stay, someone else will take over. In any case, the first years of the EAS under Mrs. Ashton will be seen as a transition, as a kickstart phase, if you want. So the real business for EU external policies will start after 2014, with the appointment of a whole new team. There will be probably a new high representative with a new boss, the president of the commission, and new teammates, the commissioners for trade, development, humanitarian affairs, economic and finance, environment, etc. This is a historic opportunity for the EU as an international actor. It is a test 
and a message to the entire world to answer the question I have been hearing everywhere in the last two years when traveling outside Europe. What does the EU want? If we end up with a strong leadership, with figures able to state clearly what the EU wants in the world, for itself and with others, the whole image of the EU will change and the world will take us even more seriously. Now, you identify two main scenarios for the future of EU's international policies. That's either renaissance or depression. Can you explain a little bit more about this comment? Yes, uh, ex external action starts at home. At the moment, Europe is in economic and financial crisis, and this is being noticed by the outside world. If in 2014, Europeans end up with leaders who are able, courageous and willing enough to state clearly what Europe, as a bloc, wants, then we could well have a true renaissance of the idea of Europe. New hope, new motivation, new confidence. This would have dramatic consequence on the way the EU deals with development and international affairs. The other option is to see European member states forgetting the benefits of a stronger Europe. Peace, stability, high standards, rule of law and fundamental rights. They may forget European collective interests, ambitions and needs because they will be caught in their usual tough wars over national influence within the EU circles. They will try to defend one model over the other, thinking that one is best. They will agree on the least common denominator. EU leaders with no charisma, no vision and no courage. Certainly good managers, but not a new breath for European citizens and no courage to give clear answers about what Europe wants. That would lead the whole EU bloc towards international irrelevance in many fields. That would be a depression for European societies. Why such a radical stance? Surely isn't there a middle way? Of course there's a middle way. But if there is no qualitative change, the middle way option, which is a new team made of strong figures with high ambitions for Europe, but also other ones more eager to protect the interests of individual member states, This middle way will lead to depression anyway. The world outside Europe is not particularly friendly, and we need to realize that. We need to be clear about the role we want to play as a civilization. Sometimes in Europe we tend to take all we have for granted, while it is the result of long efforts. I think it's necessary to think a bit the unthinkable, the best and the worst, because it may stimulate wake-up calls and encourage friends to look at things differently. Excellent. Thank you very much, Damien. Looking ahead to 2014 could be a turning point for Africa-EU relations. We want to hear your thoughts. You can either tweet using hashtag AfricaEU2014 or comment on our blog. Thank you for listening.